This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Pokagon Week. My name is Charlie Hall, and today you're listening to a special episode of Polygons Quality Control. Good evening and welcome to the first, and so far only, formal debate held during this Polygon's Pokemon Week. I am your moderator, Charlie Hall. The nature of our debate this evening will be to make the case, once and for all, as to which is the best starting Pokemon. You, dear readers, will make your opinion known on Twitter. I want to start by briefly discussing tonight's rules, which have not been agreed upon in advance by our candidates. Each participant will have three minutes to state their case for the best starting Pokemon. At the end of each participant's opening statement, we'll have an open discussion. Finally, when that discussion has reached its illogical conclusion, each participant will have one minute more for their closing remarks. Our participants are Polygon's Deputy News Editor, Allegra Frank. Hi. <laughs> Polygon News Reporter, Ryan Gilliam. Hello. And finally, Megan Froknesh. Culture reporter for our sister site, The Verge. Hello, thrilled to be here. I flipped a coin beforehand, and despite its result, I've arbitrarily selected my favorite candidate to go first. Allegra, Aww. you have three minutes to tell our readers who is the best starting Pokemon. This Please is already begin. rigged. <laughs> I'm just very flattered to be someone's favorite for literally the first time in my life. Um, so <laughs> I am here to vouch for my boy Charmander. Uh, I think that's probably not an unpopular choice because Charizard's like a mega big part of the Pokemon fandom. But I'm specifically pulling for Charmander here, a little baby Charmander, because I think a big part of Pokemon is the challenge of it, right? Like becoming a trainer is not just to kind of breeze through and just kind of easily beat the gym leaders and get to the elite four all quick. Oh, I beat this whole game in like 15 hours. I think that's totally against the point. And with Charmander, especially from the start, you're going to mess up a lot. You're going to lose a lot. You're going to have to learn a lot. And that is the point of Pokemon. That is the thesis statement because the first gym leader is a rock type. It's Brock. Fire and rock, that doesn't do anything. It does not work. You could pelt a fire Pokemon with rocks and it will do more damage than trying to set a rock on fire. So right from the start, you got your little baby Charmander and Charmander is like, oh crap, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I can't win. And then you say to Charmander, yes, you can win. You can win because you're better than this. You're, you're stronger than this and you have the power within you. Whatever people tell you about your type is wrong. And so 
you work with that Charmander and you say, you don't need to evolve into a Charmeleon to win this battle. You yourself, Charmander, are capable of climbing all mountains and thwarting all threats. And you just train it up. It gets stronger. It perfects its ember attack. And you go up against that Geodude or whatever, Graveler, Onyx. I don't know what Brock has. And you slay that thing with just a little breath of fire. And it's just a beautiful major moment in the game to beat that first gym, get your first badge, and know that you did it with a Charmander who wasn't supposed to be able to. And from then on, yeah, maybe your Charmander will evolve, whatever, but still inside it is that little timid little baby that didn't think it could do it. And that continues on throughout the game. There's a lot of other like obstacles. There's a lot of other gyms where it's like, this is a type disadvantage. Like the next gym is literally a water gym. Charmander should literally be murdered in the next gym. If you've played Pokemon, you know that Charmander does not get murdered in that gym because you beat that game and you made it to the end with that Charmander or Charmeleon or Charizard, whatever. But inside for the entire eight gyms and Elite Four, you know who started it all. You know it was your little, little adorable baby. Also, the other thing is that Charmander is very, very cute. And so that is my argument. That is Allegra vouching for the the classic underdog, the tiny fire-breathing Charmander and its various evolutions. We now turn to Megan. Uh, Megan, you have three minutes to state your case. I want to be clear that I thought this debate was going to be about facts, not opinions. So thank you for that very opinion-based argument, Allegra. But I've come with just the facts about Bulbasaur and why he's the best. So first of all, Pokemon is not about striving to be the top because you have a bad team. It's about strategy. You're building a team. You're catching the best Pokemon you can. You're trying to be the best. That is literally the point of Pokemon to be the best you can. Okay, furthermore, if you're trying to do that, none of the other Pokemon makes sense. Like Bulbasaur is the one you should choose. He's the one that's going to help you carry your team, which is going to be full of like starter trash, like Rattata or Pidgey, or maybe like a Butterfree if you manage to evolve something. So this is bad. This is a bad situation. So I want to talk about just the general opinion of these Pokemon, because like Charmander, people like because they think he's cute, but he's kind of useless. He'll die if his tail gets wet. Squirtle, honestly, people just like because Squirtle's in a gang. Squirtle don't like people who like Squirtle don't like Squirtle. They like the Squirtle squad, which means on its own, it's not cool enough to be considered any sort of worthwhile Pokemon. So another thing I want to bring up when you think about how practical it would be to have these Pokemon on your team is think about what these correspond to in real life, right? So my question to all of you is, have you ever smelled a lizard cage or a turtle cage? Because it is disgusting. Squirtle and Charmander would be disgusting to bring around with you, whereas Bulbasaur is a lovely plant Pokemon who's going to smell like freshly cut grass or like a nice spring day. It's not like dragging along like a dead aquarium with you, which is what you'd get with these other two. And then when it comes to their evolutions, because like this is just as important Everybody forgets that Charizard is just kind of a douchebag and doesn't actually listen to you. So people are distracted by the fact that he's like a big, cool dragon. But he's not going to let you ride him across the sea because he hates you because he's a bad Pokemon. And then there's Blastoise, who is just like a giant turtle with super soakers glued to his back. And that sucks. Meanwhile, we have Venusaur, who is basically a giant resort island who can offer you shade on a nice summer day and then bring you drinks with his vines, which is great. And and I want to point out, okay, Junichi Masuda, who has worked on this series since the very beginning of Pokemon, has said that his favorite is Bulbasaur. One, he thinks Bulbasaur is really cute, which is very important. He also says that Bulbasaur exemplifies what kind of what 
the main heart of Pokemon is. Like Bulbasaur is literally Pokemon. He represents Pokemon in general. And to me, like, what else can you say beyond that? There is no argument. That is it. Bulbasaur is the best. Shots fired by the Verges, Megan. Finally, with the concluding opening statement, Mr. Ryan Gilliam, you have three minutes. Okay, well, first, I feel like I need to address a very clear allegation shot against uh, my boy Squirtle, which is that old people only like to hang out with him because he's in a gang. Squirtle has too many friends is like the big argument against that, which I think is ridiculous. Squirtle Squad is cool. They all got circular sunglasses, except for me and Squirtle, who has really nice, sharp 90s sunglasses, which are real quality. And they're not really that. They're not thugs. They paint flowers and stuff on the sides of buildings. And I think that's nice. I think that's I think that's a nice and lovely thing to be happening in the world of Pokemon, especially when you consider that some people are leaving their Charmanders on the side of the road because they're too weak. These two other Pokemon are fine. There's nothing particularly wrong with Charmander. I have more of a problem with Bulbasaur. But Squirtle, Squirtle's for the Pokemon player with refined taste. Because you can go through and you can struggle like like Allegra says. Or you, or you can carry around something that smells like nature like Megan wants. Or you can pick the Pokemon that's going to win from day one. The Rock-type gym, we all know, we've all seen the show. Brock's a nerd. I like Brock. But Brock doesn't deserve to be a gym leader. So you go in there with your Squirtle and you just smoke him. No problem. That Geodude, what is that? Get out of here. Onyx, who cares? And of these Pokemon, Squirtle's the only one that actually evolves. His teenage form is the only one that can be said to have Gene Wilder hair. Which is a huge advantage compared to Sassy Salamander or Weird Rosebud Ivysaur. And then, getting to Blastoise. Blastoise has the, the look of a confident turtle. Which is important in a world where, where Charm Charizard isn't listening to anybody and, and Ivysaur is unwieldingly large, too big, honestly, to use in any kind of reasonable Pokemon battle. These these super soakers, as Megan calls them, has an important function of, of Hydra Pump, which is a great ability and so much more impactful and memorable than any of the other starters' signature moves once they get up to that level. And so you really see with Squirtle, you see someone who goes from this this adolescent phase of kind of a punk, hanging out with the wrong crowd, to Blastoise, where he's just got this confident, confident smirk. And he's a turtle. We all know turtles aren't the sexiest creatures. That's okay. But Blastoise knows it. He feels good. Because he's gone, he's gone from little punk to confident solo star, capable of, of blasting things, with water, because he doesn't need to poison Pokemon so that they die in the arms of their trainers, or light them on fire, or anything violent like that. He can just he can show his force with life-giving water and say, I'm strong enough. I got this confidence, Merc. This is how I like to live my life. And and I'm hanging out with my cool trainer Pokemon friends and helping them know the coolness that I learned in my youth. And I think that's important. Thank you, Ryan, uh, for uh, for your passionate defense of your starting Pokemon. I want to continue to focus our energy on key issues in the world of Pokemon. But first, a message from one of this week's sponsors. You know what's not smart? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. You know what is smart? ZipRecruiter.com slash control. Unlike those other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. 
Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from the hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash control. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-O-N-T-R-O-L. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Thanks very much to the good folks at ZipRecruiter. Now back to our debate, already in progress. The format for the next section, the open discussion, what I want to do is structure it if we can as a, as statements to our peers or questions of our peers. And I'd, I'd like to begin by asking Allegra. Hello. Do you always choose the same starter Pokemon and why? Um, I mean, when given the option to choose Charmander, I will always choose Charmander. If given the option to choose not Charmander, anything but Charmander, if Charmander's not technically in that region, not technically that game, maybe it's not a Pokemon game, maybe it's real life, maybe it's someone asking me, do you want to go on a date with me? Maybe it's someone who's asking, hey, do you want to sub for me in this school? Hey, do you want to drive my kid? I'm always going to answer Charmander. So yes, I will always pick Charmander because when I love a Pokemon, when I love anything, Charlie, I stick with it. I stick with it and I develop that relationship with it because I commit. And even though, yes, statistically, perhaps Charmander is at a disadvantage, perhaps there are better types, more well-rounded types, fire is sort of very specialized, it's more niche, that doesn't matter because everyone has a certain type and we look past the flaws. That is the point of human life, Charlie. Pokemon or human, frankly. It doesn't really matter what being you are. You could be an alien. I don't care. It's about making that commitment and learning to love within a person's means and for who that person is. So yes, I always pick Charmander to answer your question. Thank you, Allegra. If, if you would be so kind, please feel free to ask one of your peers a question. I really enjoyed Ryan's defense of Squirtle and especially his critique of Bulbasaur. Why does it matter that Squirtle is fashionable. Why does that make it the best starter? Like I'm really, I'm really glad that you asked. Of the three, I feel like Squirtle's the only one that looks like he's really accessorizing outside of his own evolutionary means. You know, we, even though Venusaur grows up and has all these plants, and, and Charizard's kind of on fire, Blastoise has these hydro cannons on his back, and they don't really look like they fit on a biological being. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Just like Squirtle kind of accessorizes with, with his sunglasses. And I think I think it's important because I think it shows a kind of resourcefulness in the world with, with Squirtle. Where you see a character that has this beginning natural advantage against something like the rock Pokemon. And then a, a, a neutral advantage against its own type in the water gem. And you see it and it says, I'm okay being the best like no one ever was. But I want to be I want to be better. Even if it's just making myself look a little bit nicer, look, look more, more fashionable. So I'm, I'm early on in this gym. I'm going to rock Brock, no problem. But what if I did it with six sunglasses on? What if I brought, brought around my crew who can cheer me on from the side while they deface Brock's gym with graffiti? That's, that's a level of confidence that you see grow into him as he becomes Blastoise in the end. And I think that's 
personally, to me, that that's the kind of mentality that I want from my starter Pokemon, from my star player, from my best friend, from the beginning of the game to help lead me in to that Elite Four. So I know I have somebody who is resourceful from day one, even when they didn't have to be. And I, th- I think that's that's a crucial point. So, so thank you for your question, Allegra. To Megan, I really just kind of want to know that how is it hard having to come on and defend the the clear loser in the top three, the clear punching bag? I think that Bulbasaur is actually very easy to defend because I don't consider him a loser at all. I think he's the best in here, and I'm very proud and happy to stand by him. Did, did you want to elaborate on that point at all, Megan? Or, or did you want to take the remainder of your time to perhaps ask a question of your peers? So actually, I want to pose this question to both of my competitors because from both of you, I've heard the same sort of very negative like rhetoric used when you talk about Bulbasaur. It's all about what he looks like rather than what he can do or what kind of Pokemon he is. And I want to ask you, what kind of message do you think you're sending to kids out there about what Pokemon should stand for? Uh, I'm happy to field this question first. I think that, I mean, there are myriad issues with Bulbasaur, of course. It's not just about what he looks like, which is bad. It's not just about how he smells, which is generic. I mean, tell me what grass smells like. Yes. Freshly freshly cut grass. Deli- delicious. I'm not I'm not going to, you know, push that one further because you called grass delicious and that is a strange adjective for grass. However, we focus on the look of Bulbasaur because to me, Pokemon is not about the superficial, I think. And I think a Bulbasaur fan does not recognize that. I think a Bulbasaur fan presumes that we are going to come after its look because everyone questions what is Bulbasaur? Charmander is a salamander and Squirtle's a turtle. What is Bulbasaur? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And the only person it matters to is a Bulbasaur fan. And so a Bulbasaur fan is caught up in the looks and the aesthetic. And as a reaction, perhaps we are provocative. Perhaps we are mentioning that in in retaliation to the inherent obsession of the Bulbasaur fan, but it sort of can be boiled down to, well, you started it. And for us, we don't have to start fights. We enter them and we come out a winner. Bulbasaur already goes into a fight with a chip on its shoulder. And that is not a good look, as the kids say. It is just N-A-G-L. To to agree with Allegra, we go after Bulbasaur's look because, because it's easy. Because he looks like in an analogous blob of leaves and weird turquoise skin, which isn't necessarily the look I want for a starter Pokemon that I want to carry with me from the beginning. And to go into Bulbasaur's actual abilities, Vine Whip is a terrible, terrible skill. As is Razor Leaf. These abilities do nothing to anything, unless somehow there's a type advantage for like the two useless types that grass is good against. That's that then it does some some pretty serious damage. But other than that, it's like you're using your starter Pokemon to like tickle something out in the wild, which isn't really what I'm looking for. Either way, on the scale of looks, on the scale of raw ability, Bulbasaur loses. I don't I don't want to poison something. With my starter Pokemon. I want to use one move and then I want that thing to pass out so I can move on to the next one. This waiting around thing, it's not for me. It's not for those that want to be the best. It's for those that that want to be Brock and make Pokemon food. Which is fine. If you never want to beat the Elite Four. You can make Pokemon food and you can be Bulbasaur's best friend. But making it to the Elite Four, you can't do both. You can't choose to be a Bulbasaur fan and a winner at the same time. More shots fired by Ryan. I 
I want to bring our open discussion to a close here today, and I want to enter into tonight's closing remarks. Megan, as you are technically the out-of-towner, I would like to give you the opportunity to begin. You have one minute. Thank you, Charlie. So today I've heard a lot of opinions, bad opinions thrown around as facts, and a lot of really, <laughs> to be frank, superficial ideas getting tossed around about why Bulbasaur is bad. But what I want to remind people who are listening is like, this is about facts. It's not about picking your favorite. It's objectively who is the best Pokemon. So again, remember, Bulbasaur is the most efficient for the first couple gyms, including against water type, which Squirtle is. Vine Whip is very effective, despite what people will tell you. Junichi Masuda thinks that he is the best Pokemon. He thinks he's the cute. He thinks he exemplifies what Pokemon is. He has a great evolution. He doesn't smell terrible. He's not such a, a boring or generic Pokemon that you need a group of him to look cool. And he also doesn't really look like anything else you'd see in the wild. He is a perfect fantasy Pokemon. And again, I just want people to just take a minute, not think about the way he looks, perhaps, and the weird kind of bias or opinion you might have about about someone's skin type or their color or whatever, and just think about which Pokemon represents the series and just the, you know, the world at large is the best. Thank you, Megan, for your measured and coherent response. Ryan, I want to give you an opportunity as well for those closing remarks. You have one minute, Ryan. Look, defending Charmander is the most popular flaming dragon Pokemon it is easy. Megan with, with Bulbasaur has to result to saying these are the facts purely because there's nothing interesting about Bulbasaur outside of the facts that he's good against some specific gems. Squirtle is, is the Pokemon for all of us. He's the winner when winning is what you want to do. And Pokemon's a game, ultimately. It's a game about making friends and finding Pokemon that are cool, who like each other, and who you like. But more important than that, it's about beating the game. It's about taking down those gems and beating the Elite Four. And Squirtle's your man from that. Because no matter what other crew you get, Squirtle will never let you down. And that's important. Because Squirtle has friends watching his back from day one. Before you even find him, he's got he's got a squad. Okay, maybe not in the games. But in the show, he's got that squad. Because everyone knows that he's the coolest. And sometimes being the coolest is the first step to being the best. Thank you, Ryan, uh, for going over your time once more. To fully uh, emphasize my bias, I've chosen today to give news editor Allegra Frank the final word. If you'll be so kind. Oh, thank you, Charlie. This is the second time in my life that anyone has said I'm their favorite. So I want to kind of be brief because I got to be honest, my, my friends over here, Ryan and Megan, they went on so long I started to forget their names. I started to forget where we were, and I, I think that's sort of to the point here. Squirtle and Bulbasaur, they're forgettable. The people who have to defend them, they don't know how. They ramble, they go on, they go on, and they go on. With Charmander, you don't need to do that. With Charmander, I invite you to go to google.com. I invite you to type in the word Charmander, and I invite you to take a hard look. And I then want you to touch your heart, to feel your heart. And if you don't feel it rumbling, if you don't feel it beating, then you have your answer. And your answer is not Charmander. And your answer is that you should go to a hospital. But the main thing here is that Charmander is the living person's only choice. Thank you, Allegra. This concludes tonight's debate. I want to thank all of our participants. 
Later this week, we will have formal written statements about which is the best starting Pokemon. You can read those on our website, polygon.com. Once those have all been published, of course, you at home will get the opportunity to vote on Twitter. That's right. Keep tabs early next week for your Twitter ballot. This is Charlie Hall for Allegra, Megan, and Ryan. Thank you for listening to a very special episode of Polygons Quality Control. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Keeping up with the competition is important. Taking the lead with unmatched innovation, that's impressive. Set yourself up to achieve more by running your apps on Microsoft Azure. Clear the way for unparalleled productivity with end-to-end development and management tools. Fearlessly integrate cloud capabilities across your environment with the only consistent hybrid cloud. Build the next generation of smart apps, discover transformative insights through artificial intelligence and real-time data, and scale across more global regions than you'll get from any other cloud provider. Microsoft believes every business and every organization, small and large, old and new, has something to gain by reaching beyond the limits of an on-premises data center. That's why Azure is the cloud for all. What will you achieve when you come to the cloud? Start experimenting and find out. Get started with a free account and 12 months of intelligent services at azure.com slash trial. That's A-Z-U-R-E dot com slash trial.